Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 66 of the Computer Business Marketing Show. Our show today is brought to you by Tech Reputation. Tech Reputation offers IT business owners a simple and effective way to manage, acquire, and market their positive reviews online. For a 14-day free trial, plus 10% off your setup and monthly subscription, visit techreputation.com slash TSB. Uh, that'll get you 10% off, and that'll also include a 30-day no-risk money-back guarantee. Check all of that out at techreputation.com slash TSB. It's also brought to you by Tech Site Builder. Tech Site Builder is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean, professional, and effective website up and running for your IT business. Save time and frustration with Tech Site Builder. Learn more at techsitebuilder.com. Well, on today's episode, we're running a repeat of the Computer Business Podcast, episode 59, which was called How to Increase Cash Flow with Victor Antonio. In the episode, Paco interviews entrepreneur and TV personality, Victor Antonio, and he's of the Selinger Group and the Life or Debt TV show on Spike TV. And they're going to talk about how cash flow and sales can work hand in hand. Plus, they discuss the importance of knowing your customer and how to quantify your value proposition. All that and so much more coming up right now. Hey everyone and welcome to the Computer Business Marketing Show. If you own or work in an IT services business, this is the place to learn how to get more clients, keep them happy, and grow your revenue. You can watch, download, and or subscribe to all show episodes at computerbusinessmarketing.com. You can also catch our live stream on Facebook every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern. Just be sure to like the Tech Site Builder Facebook page, click the following tab, and then select See First so that the live stream will jump to the top of your feed. Also, don't forget to sign up for the Computer Business Marketing Newsletter. That is your weekly digest of tips and tricks on how to market your computer business. Every week, you'll get a newsletter with the latest podcast episode, articles from around the web about different marketing tips and tricks. Also, we'll have a digest of the of the recent uh, posts from the Facebook group, and we end every newsletter with a tip of the week so that uh, you can get motivated for that week to continue crushing your marketing goals. Uh, all right, guys. So this week, we did not have a live show. Um, I am at the IT Owners Compass conference, uh, and uh, you know I'm arriving, arriving a little bit early to help uh, Lori and everyone uh, get everything set up. And, uh, and hopefully this is going to be... Actually, I know this is going to be a great event. Um, I'm going to be listening to the speakers just as much as the rest of the attendees, and I'm going to be taking notes, and I'd love to uh, share some of the things I've learned uh, with you guys in the next episode. So for this episode, since I'm going to be traveling and Paco is also going to be traveling to that uh, that conference, uh, I decided to uh, do a repeat episode of our previous podcast, which was the Computer Business Podcast, and the episode is with... Uh, one of Paco's mentors and a TV personality called Victor Antonio. And this interview is just Paco interviewing Victor about uh, some really cool kind of concepts around cash flow and uh, increasing your sales and, um, and then, you know, understanding your customer and being able to quantify your value to your customer, which is super important 
in marketing and in all facets of business. So this is going to be a good one. So stick around for that. Before we jump into that, just want to give a shout out to our longtime sponsor, Tech Reputation. Tech Reputation, as you guys know, is a great company and a great service and a great deal because you're really getting kind of four products in one. The first product is the review management uh, system where, you know, if you're cust- uh, once you're done with a service, Tech Reputation will send a email to your customers asking how you did. If you did a good job, then they'll they'll send your customer to an online review service. Uh, if they if your customer did not have a good um, experience, then they will send the customer back to you. That avoids a bad review. It also gives you an opportunity to fix the issue. So that's number one. Number two, what it does is it gives you a dashboard view into all of the different reviews that you have on all the different review sites around the internet. So you can kind of see a bird's eye view in a dashboard, uh, a a nice slick kind of dashboard interface. You can see, uh, you know, how many positive reviews you have and, and how your review health is doing. So then, you know, you know, if you need to work on it or if you need to spend time, um, bolstering up different review sites online. So, the dashboard is number two. Uh, number three is the aggregated review widget. So uh, it, Tech Reputation provides you a widget that you can put on your uh, on your website that aggregates all of the reviews from all of the different review sites from around the internet. That uh, we have a direct link to Tech Site Builder with this. So if you're a Tech Site Builder customer and a Tech Reputation customer, then you can benefit from the integration of those two services and get your reviews up and running on your website quick and easy. And finally, the last piece of the tech reputation puzzle is the citation manager. So this it will give you a view into all of the different business citations that you have around the internet and give you an opportunity to, first of all, see if they're updated and second of all, um, update them and make sure that they're accurate and updated across the internet. That's really important for SEO. And that's also important just so that people are able to find you when they uh, encounter your business on these different directories. So all of that is available for you in Tech Reputation. Uh, if you want to take advantage of the 10% offer that's still going on, but it's going to be over here pretty soon, uh, go ahead and go to techreputation.com TSB. That'll get you 10% off your setup and monthly subscription fee. So both of those fees, you'll get 10% off. And then you also get a 14-day free trial and a no-risk 30-day money-back guarantee. So there's really no risk for you to try this out. See if it works for you. I'm confident that if you're the type of business that cares about your reputation online and the types of reviews you're getting, that you'll want to add tech reputation to your arsenal. Uh, we thank Tech, tech Reputation for being a sponsor. And again, you can check that out at techreputation.com slash TSB. Also, uh, our second sponsor is Tech Site Builder. You know Tech Site Builder. That's the service I put together that is a hosted website builder that allows you to quickly and easily get a clean, professional, and effective website up and running for your IT business. Uh, it lets you save time and frustration by guiding you through exactly what you need to do to build out your website. There's tutorial videos built into the dashboard. So it just takes you one, two, three, step-by-step through the process. And you can put up a very slick, very uh, professional, clean, uh, mobile-optimized, SEO-optimized website for your computer business. Uh, We also provide services where we build out the site for you. You can build it out yourself, or we can build it out for you. 
and we do that for a one a low one time fee. So you can check all <coughs> excuse me. You can check all of that out at techsitebuilder.com. All right, so let's jump into episode 59, the interview, how to increase your clash flow with Victor Antonio. Hey everyone, I have a very special guest today. I have Victor Antonio, and for those who are not aware of the gentleman, he is uh, had uh, starred on the hit show, in my opinion, and it was uh, over on the Spike Network for those in the U.S. It is uh, Life or Debt. And Victor, I want to say it's a true pleasure and honor to have you on the show. Thank you for taking out the time uh, to speak with me this morning. Thank you for having me, Paco. Looking forward to the conversation. Perfect, perfect. So essentially, Victor, for those who have not heard of you or have not seen the show, um, why don't you give us a little introduction about yourself and uh, you know, kind of what you're uh, involved with a little bit today? Okay, let me give you the sequence of events. So uh, born and raised in Chicago, inner city, as you well know, uh, near the Cabrini Green Housing Project slash also Humble Park. Uh, my family's originally from Puerto Rico. They moved to uh, Chicago in the late 50s, but I was born and raised there. Uh, so went to school, got an engineering degree. I got a bachelor's degree, a bachelor of science degree in electrical engineering, got an MBA, went into corporate America, thought I wanted to be an engineer, hated being an engineer, eventually moved into sales, loved sales, uh, moved up the ranks in corporate America, became president of sales and marketing of a $420 million company. I'm skipping over a lot of stuff, but I did a lot of selling in between there. Uh, back in 2001, I decided to kind of walk away from corporate America. I want to do a lot of speaking. Uh, so I've written like 11 books, got 21 sales training programs, and uh, a company out of California about two years ago called Ugly Brothers Production contacted me. And this is a funny story because you ever get that call and they're like, I'm checking into a hotel and I get a call and it sounds something like this. Hey, this is Hollywood calling we, uh, Calling you. Uh, we'd like to talk to you about being a host of a television show. Now I'm checking in the hotel. I'm going, <laughs> uh, you know, call me back. I'm checking in. Call me back. Because I always get all these calls, right? People with all these wonderful promises of things they want to do with you. And so right. the guy's like, okay. 15 minute, minutes later, he calls me back and he tells me the concept of the show. And the concept of the show, Life or Debt, which is on Spike Television, is basically I spend a week with a family. And I go, I look at their financials. I find out what are the root causes of their financial problems. And that show really is, you know, I, I am the personal finance expert, which means the show is really about 20% finance, 80% personal, because most of the problems that people have with money has nothing really to do with money. It's their behavior towards the money, their spending right. habits, their, their lack of consideration for the future, so forth and so on. And then I come back in 90 days, Paco, and... I see where they're at. So I give them a blueprint. I give them free resources. If they're going through bankruptcy, we give them a lawyer. If they need an accounting uh, person and they don't know where the money's going, we hire a forensic accountant. All this is free resources and tools we give them. We come back in 90 days and see how they're doing. Out of the 11 families we worked with in the first season, nine turned it around. The other two basically didn't. You know, they just right. refused to follow the plan. And, you know, good luck for that for them. But it's a great show. Um, so, yeah, Life or Debt. Check it out. You can download it on Amazon or stream it on Amazon. Yeah, and I highly suggest it. I think uh, it was funny for those in the community. I know that, um, you know, my good friend Andy, um, I was over at his house one day and we were just uh, eating lunch and he just happened to just put it on uh, on television. And I said, huh, how about that? And for those who know that I'm always a big, you know, business buff. Like, you know, I love those shows like The Profit 
and, and just really understanding businesses and being able to see this one, you could just tell um, this was a show that was really special. But um, so I, I brought Vic, uh, Victor on because I wanted to be able to, because, you know, just watching the show and just his expertise and, you know, he wears a lot of hats as well. Um, I wanted him to be able to talk to uh, us on a topic that I feel that has not talked about a lot in the community. And it is basically cash flow. And the point is, is that we noticed that a lot of businesses are struggling and, you know, we get emails all the time where they're saying, if I don't change something around, you know, I'm going to close the shop by the end of this year. And, you know, and, and as a host of this show, we, we really think that, you know, we want to try and help you guys as best as possible with as many resources as possible. Um, so I wanted to get the very best to help you guys. And, uh, you know, and that's why I brought uh, Victor onto the show. So, you know, kind of starting out here. Um, you know, I guess the first question, because as you mentioned, you know, with the 80-20 rule that you had to talked about, what do you think, in your opinion, is probably the thing that shuts businesses down the most? Is it the lack of income or revenue coming in or is it revenue management? Well, let me let me approach it. Let, let me frame the conversation because because I, sure. I think there's uh, several things going on here. We're, uh, let's not talk about the individual entrepreneur for a second. Let's sure. not talk about the large corporation. Let's talk about the mass in the middle, small okay. business owner, which could incorporate, uh, you know, an entrepreneur, but the small business owners, the small, medium-sized business owner, these are the ones that are really building stuff out. When I look at the entrepreneur, I'm looking at the individual. That's how I differentiate them. When I'm talking about a small business, you know, we've actually started a business and we have probably one or two employees at least. And so what, let me tie these together with my sales experience and what I went through in life or debt. And I, and I think there is a solid bridge here. Is that, and I told people on, on Life or Debt, the show, if you don't know how to manage your finances at home, what makes you think you could run a business? I mean, I really want you to think about that because we, what we were teaching families how to run their house like a business. That's what we said. That was the philosophy of Life or Debt. And what's amazing sometimes is that people are, are really just, they're credit rich and cash poor, which means they're living yeah. off credit. And then a lot of people take that credit and decide to start a business. To me, that's almost like compounding failure. Because if you don't know how to control your money at home and it's not stable, then you decide to start a business. So let's talk to that group first. Okay. Stabilize your home finances first. Prove to yourself and maybe your spouse that you can't stabilize the finances at home. Because we all know it takes, you know, it could take six months to a year, two years to be financially stable within a company. Everybody has their timeline. But what puts additional pressure on individuals is that if their home life is not stable, the cash flow isn't right at home, the money isn't right at home, it, when the business isn't going well, that puts further pressure on the relationship at home. And I think right. that's a problem. And for some reason, people think there's a firewall between those two. And I don't. I really believe that how you behave in business is a reflection of how you behave at home. And the thing is, too often we take that back to our houses. By the way, I wish we can draw a correlation map between businesses going under and divorce rates, you know, because okay. I think there'd be a correlation there. And so having said that, get your finances at home together first before you start a business. But now let's fast forward. You've started the business and let's assume that you have your finances. Okay. So now let's talk about we have a business and maybe we're in the first or second year of the business. What I found, Pac, when I, I train a lot of companies, you know, uh, they usually bring me in because of revenue, right? I'm the guy that's all about sales. I'm all about revenue. I don't care about anything else. Uh, like everybody, you know, like anything else, you got to have a, you know, a specific focus. Like a brain surgeon focuses what? On the brain. On the right? brain. I focus yep. on sales. I don't do customer service. I don't do leadership, organizational management. I don't do any of that. I do sales. 
And so one of the things I, I find interesting about small businesses is that they're so anxious, so, so eager to start their business that they worry about, okay, what am I going to call the business, right? I got to get a website up. I got to register this as an LLC, right? Uh, where do I where do I source my products from? You know, uh, then I got to get in my GNA, right? My general administration cost of selling all set up, maybe get a storefront, maybe get this. They do all that. Never once asking, where am I going to get the money? Right. I would say and I think I'm being conservative that probably 90 to 95 percent of businesses literally do not have a sales process. They don't know. They don't even know who their target client or ideal client is. Right. Let's just start there. It, right. it, and it, again, it depends on the business. So let's say you're selling a service. You start the business selling a service, but you got to understand that in order to close deals, you got to figure out who you're going after. What right. this is stuff we all know, right? What's the market segment? What's the ideal client? What's the what's the demographic? What's the psychographic? What's the income level? What's the spread? What are we looking for, right? And so I give it to most people that want and, and ask this question to business owners in the future, Paco. Just simply ask them. Tell me your demographic. And half of them choke, if not more, because they don't know. Their strategy is hope, right? And hope is not a strategy. Never was, right. never will be. And so they don't even know who they're going after. And because they don't know who they're going after, they're just hoping that they can just run into business. They go to networking events. I don't do networking events, right? Unless I go for something specific, not because okay. I want to meet a lot of people. You ever hear that? I'm going to this networking event because I want to meet a lot of people. Well, that is the dumbest strategy in the world. <laughs> If you do that, you're an idiot. I'm sorry, but you're an idiot because you need to know. If, if, for example, let's say that you know one of my biggest markets was a telecom market. You know, because mm -hmm. I, I grew up on that side of the world, right? Telecom. Now, if I go to a trade show, it's all about telecom. Perfect, right? If I go to a networking event and only telecom people are going to be there, perfect. Those are those, that's smart networking. But if I'm just going to go to meet people, you know, to try to get business cards to put in my database, that, that's not marketing or selling. That's just winging it that's a shotgun approach hoping something will stick right and you hit something yeah. so you know what's funny is that as you say that because you know we talk about that all the time where a lot of us who will try to first start we want everything we want to try and grab the entire pie mm -hmm. without really understanding okay what are you good at mm -hmm. pick a niche and then when you dial down onto that niche oftentimes everyone who ever has decided to spit, pick on a particular niche mm -hmm. segment, et cetera, they are more profitable and successful than when they were exactly like you mentioned, a shotgun approach, trying to grab everything in the pie. The, the thing is, if you can find that market that's you know an inch wide, but a mile deep, that's the one you want. And I think the more you can focus in on who you're helping sell, the better. So that's the marketing approach. I think people are screwed on the marketing approach sometimes. So that would be my first thing. Where, where are they missing it? Because the marketing approach drives the revenue. So let's say that you do have your marketing act together. Boom, you target the right people. You know, whether you're on social media, doing search engine marketing, you've done the search engine optimization piece, you're putting all the ads in the right places, you got the radio thing going, all that stuff is working beautiful. Now we got people calling you. Let's assume you've gotten that far, right? And you've got the mm -hmm. right people calling you. Then what happens is people don't know how to sell. Right. They just simply don't know how to sell. And, and so this is where I come in. This is where I'm the doctor, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, this weekend we went to a wedding, Paco, and um, I'm talking to a couple, both doctorates, and they run a chiropractor practice, right? Okay. And the first thing they're telling me is, you know, it's hard to close some of these deals, get people to commit, so forth and so on. And without really getting into it, because it's almost impossible, they were, I said, well, what do you do? When, when a customer says this, what do you do? 
what do you say? And when they were saying what they would say that, you know, what they were actually saying, I go, yeah, I would walk out the door too. Or it was the, the way they would frame conversations wasn't the right way. It's those little subtleties on how to have a conversation to close a deal that most people simply don't get. See, I have a philosophy, Paco, and this is where I get real evangelical right here. I'm going to preach right now. Is that it really (laughs) pisses me off. It really pisses me off. Is that we spend a lot of money naming our business, finding the business, starting the business, building the business, getting the office space, you know, getting the infrastructure, talking to the IT people, making sure everything's correct. Everything that has to do with building something. And let's say I just spend a million dollars on that. I don't care. Even if you're a franchise, spend two million, whatever it is, right? When they get to the sales process, the pitch, the conversation that I'm having with the customer, they invest almost nothing. And then they wonder why they're losing business. It's the most amazing thing to me. And so when I ask people, so you don't have a standard process. They're like, no, I mean, you know, I go in there and I just wing it, Victor. I'm like, really? You just go in there and wing it. You know, that's almost like a brain surgeon. So, you know, telling you, you know, Paco, I don't know what's wrong with you. I'm just going to open your head up and I'll go in there and wing it, see what I find. You know what I mean? Right. The psychology of when it comes to selling, we think it's a it's more art than science. I think it's more science than art because of how society has changed, because today's consumer. And you've heard me say this in my videos. They're smarter. Right. They're much more intelligent. Back in the day, you could, you, you know, you've heard my example about pre-internet, post-internet, right? Pre-internet, you know, you, the salesperson, had all the information. So people were willing to listen to you because you had the information. Right. Today, fast forward, post-internet, you walk in, you're about 60, 70, 80% into the buying process already. You know what you want. It's called preference formation. I know what I want. So tell me, Paco, why should I buy from you? And if you tell me everything I already know, you've not positioned yourself as any expert or authority in the field. Which creates impatience for the buyer because he's waiting to hear what he wants to yeah. hear. Yeah, and you haven't told me yeah. anything I don't know. And so, right. so now, because you just sound like every other everybody else, Paco, let's pretend we're selling a service. Talk right. to Paco, I talk to his this guy, that guy, that guy. You all say the same thing. Well, because I, as a buyer, can't tell the difference, what's my default for making a decision? Price. Yeah. Right? And that's the number one thing that nice. everyone talks about. Is, nice. There's something right. called there's something called Burodan's ass paradox. I'm not making this up. I wish I could look it up. Burodan's ass paradox, and it was named after uh, Henry, I think Faber or something like that, Francois Burodan. Basically, it's this: if you put a donkey, an ass, a donkey, and you set it in the middle, and on each side of the donkey, you put a stack of hay, equal distance, equal height. The ass, the donkey in the middle, can't decide. So the donkey winds up dying because it can't decide which stack of hay because they both look the same. Now, this is, this, hmm. is, this is really interesting because what happens is that today's consumer can't tell the difference. They simply can't tell the difference. So when we let's tie it back to cash flow. You know why they have cash flow? Because they can't close enough deals. One study showed that on average, you'll close about 35 to 40% of your deals. Let's be generous and give you 40%, right? You'll close okay. 40% of your deals. Again, cross-sectional study across various industries. But let's say it's 40%. The other 60%, because we can do math, right, you didn't get, right? Right. And so you're thinking, I, you know, I got this competition. They're taking business away from me. I need to market more. I need to do this. I need to put more papers out. I need to get on the radio. I need to search and whatever. All this marketing, right? But the reality, when they looked at the 60%, 20%, 
went to your competitor. 20% went to your competitor. So we're smart people here. 40% you won. 20% went to your competitor. What do you think happened to the other 40%? No decision. Right. Burden's ass paradox. Where we're, where we're leaking business, if we had a funnel of business where our pipeline is leaking, is that people can't make a decision. So then the question comes back to, well, why can't they make, why are they making a no decision? Because no decision is a decision, right? Right. So they're making a no decision. And so for you listening to this podcast, what are you doing to make sure that they can, you can differentiate yourself? And I want to, when I say that to people, they're like, yes, Victor, I've heard that before. Differentiate yourself. Yeah. But most people, if I can be so blunt, are dumbasses. They really don't know how to differentiate their products. They don't take the time to really extract the value that they have in the product. And I, and I prove this all the time. I can take water and differentiate it. Water, right? Right. It, yep. So if I can differentiate water, why can't you differentiate your product? Now, having said that, and I know I'm going on my rant here, but, but I'm really passionate about this, man. No, you're good. Because what happens is, here's how you differentiate your product. Here's the easiest way to do it. I'm going to give you the formula. I'm going to give you an MBA in a box, Paco. For you and your fans. Now, I don't usually give this away to just anybody, but I'm going to give it to you, Paco, for one reason or one reason only. One reason only. What's that? Because <laughs> I, I love, love you. you. There you go. That's the only reason you get it. So, <laughs> so I want you, if you're listening to this podcast, all joking aside, because I'm, I'm really passionate about it, and I, and I don't mean to offend. I just really want to help business owners because, look, this society is run by entrepreneurs and small businesses. We are the economic engine. When a business fails, I'm just like, ah, why did you fail? Why did you fail? I, it's not, I'm not mad at them. I'm mad because they didn't, you know, figure it out. That's why I get passionate about this. But here's what I want you to do. If you've got a product or service, stop presenting your features and benefits, advantages, and gains, right? Because that's what you're taught. Present the feature, present the benefit, present the advantage, present the game. And all of a sudden, you hope that the customer will see the light. I don't know. Light comes through the roof. Gregorian chant in the background. Ah, you see it, right? It's not how it works. So here's how you quantify. I want you guys listening to this to write this down. Customers only care about three things. Any business cares only about three things. Increase revenue, reduce costs, and expand market share. That's it. The value trinity. That's it. Now, so here's the, so let's do it again. Increase revenue, reduce costs, expand market share. If I got a product, I need to show my customer how they can increase their revenue with my product. Or I need to show them how they can reduce their costs with my product or show them how they can expand market share. Now, you're probably saying, great, that's what I'll do. No, wait, don't go yet. Listen closely, we're not there yet. When I say show them how to increase revenue, reduce costs, or expand market share, the question is, by how much? That's quantifying the value. See, everybody can qualify the value. Hey, look, this product will help you increase your revenue, reduce costs, expand your market share. That's called qualifying the value. Then I ask you a question, by how much? Ah, that's quantifying the value. And the question is, do you know how to quantify value? And nine out of 10, if not more, do not know how to quantify value. Does that, does that help? I mean, I'll just stop here because I'll keep going, man. So I'm just no, 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 trying to yeah, give you, I mean, you know, some breathing room here. Right, right, right. No, as, as I'm listening to you, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, as you're saying all this, it's one of those where a lot of us tend to hear this and it's one of those aha moments, right? It's one of those where we know that, but like you just said, you just came back around and just said, yeah, for those of our listeners, like, yeah, I know how to do for those that think they know it all, you know, and I, and I say that 
wholeheartedly is, you know, it's, oh yeah, I know A, B, and C, but want the wraparound of how much, how much I think that, and I think that's the biggest piece where they're like, oh, I think I just heard light bulbs go off to say, yep, that's exactly what's going on. So, you know, and, and that's what really helps on, you know, and I went into my second question on, you know, you know, what's the number one question that you normally receive from a company that says, you know, is it, you know, how do they help themselves struggling with finances and cash flow? It's how's your sales process, right? right? That's, you know, that's the big it, one. It, uh, they, by the way, they don't ask me. That's the question I ask them. Because okay. I know that's that's where they're bleeding. No, gotcha. look, I mean, I mean, again, if you look at increased revenue, reduced costs, expand market share. I mean, really, again, like an MBA in the box, if you really think about that, because I can look at a company that says, Here how, here's how I can help you increase revenue, right? And here's by, and they really want to know three, uh, three things. And I don't, I don't want to take credit for this. There's a guy named Mac Hannon who wrote the book called Consultative Selling back in 1982. Mac Hannon. And Mac Hannon said, had three simple questions. And I've always remembered this, what he said. He said, how much, right? How often and how sure are you? Now, these are three key questions, right? I say, I can help you save money. I say, how much? And you say, this much. Well, how often am I going to see that savings, right? And how sure are you, Paco? You know, that's what they want to know. Right. Because you can quantify the value, but how sure are you? And that's where the presentation comes in. And so I think when, when, I, when I talk to companies, I, I'm always like, where are you losing revenue? Uh, one more example. Last week, I was talking to a company. Uh, what, what people bring me in for, my sweet spot, my thang sweet spot, is I'm the guy that can take anybody's sales presentation, literally any sales presentation, rip it up, deconstruct it, and put, steroid, put it in steroids. I'm telling you, I will help you close more deals. And But not only do I you know, show them how to do that, I walk through the psychology of what the buyer is going through, and I restructure the whole presentation. So last week, I'm in Austin uh, with a company who has this great product. They got their best salespeople in the room. When I'm talking about the best salespeople, I'm talking about people who've been in the industry for 30, 35 years. You know, those old guys like, God damn it, you can't teach me anything, Victor. Those people, right? I love those people. Those are the people I love because, you know, they're so set in their ways that they haven't figured it out yet. And typically for the first hour, they're fighting me. When I show them, walk them through it, at the end of the day, I always get, I never looked at it that way. They thought they were at the peak of their learning processes. No, you're not getting it. And so, because selling has changed, Paco, and I think this is what small business owners don't get. One study said that, uh, I think it was a Google study, says uh, customers look at, on average, 10 sources of information before they contact you. Now, I want you to think about that. They review 10 sources of information before they contact you, which means that, you know, by the time they call you, they've looked at, I don't know, they've gone online, they've looked at Yelp. And all these other things they've made. In other words, their preferences, again, have been formed, right? So right. you got to close that deal. Another study showed, I think it was the CEB that did the study, said there that the customer is 50 to 70% into the buying process, which means they kind of know what they want already. Right. So if they know what they want, what they're looking for is that little bit of more information. And I am telling you that the gap is to quantify the value. And it's, it's a good point that you make because um, when I used to work at uh, a so, uh, automotive software firm and, you know, we had the experience with the used car managers and just helping educate the, like you said, the, 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 the used car managers, the general managers that are so stuck in their ways for after doing it for 20, 30 years and trying to embrace the Internet. You know, they're thinking people are just coming out, the, you know, 
driving on their nice Sunday Sunday day, and they're going to walk the lot, which they don't, which they didn't understand when we did the research that buyers who are purchasing a car they will visit two and a half dealerships, mm-hmm. meaning they will go ahead and walk into. They've already picked two and maybe a third, right. and essentially, if they called you, it's either two reasons: either you were number one or number one screwed up. Yeah, so. Yeah. So it's that much more for you to close that deal. And exactly like you said, it's all about, they've already had assembled all this information. They've gotten all, everything that they want. They just want that nudge on why should they go with that you? one? Because they get, the, the, look, there's part of the brain back here at the, at the, at the base of your spine. It's called the amygdala, right? The reptilian brain. And the reptilian brain is all about survival, right? You got the logical brain, which prefrontal cortex stuff. That's the, I'll think about it. But down over here, the amygdala, the reptilian brain, that's like the alarm system. That's safety. That's survival. When you're trying to sell me a car, you're basically taking money out of my pocket, right? Right. And I need to make sure that if that money's going out, I'm, it's an exchange for something of greater value. We all know this, right? So when somebody comes to the lot, what they're looking for is beyond confirmation. They just want to be sure, right? Yep. And I, let, let's play out this scenario. You go to the car dealership, right? In fact, let me give you a simple one. Let's say you're researching a camera you want to buy. What's the mm-hmm. camera you want to buy? You've done your researches, great research. You looked at 10 sources of information. You walk into, I don't know, Best Buy, right? Fries, Best Buy, whatever. And you walk in and you tell the, and the salesperson says, can I help you? You say, yes, I'm looking for this camera. I says, oh, you're interested in that camera. And I said, yeah, I've done my research. I know what I want. He said, and the salesperson will just go, okay. There you go. Goes out, checks out, right? Now, mm-hmm. that guy thinks he just sold something. No, he didn't. He just pointed to it, and the guy grabbed it, right? Now, right. scenario B, guy walks in, says, I want that camera. Says, out of curiosity, a salesperson says, that's been through a Victor program, right? Why did you choose that camera? And he begins to tell you what he, why he chose that one. What are you going to use it for? He tells you more. And then, then you say something like this. Well, did you know this? He's going to say, yes. Did you know that? Well, absolutely, Victor. That's why I chose that camera. And then there's something in my brain I know that he doesn't know. It's that piece of insight, right? That I always talk about, that information beyond the obvious. And that's my favorite phrase. If you've heard, I don't know if you've heard me say that many times. Insight, information beyond the obvious. That's what people want. You want to avoid the Buridan's ass paradox? Give people information beyond the obvious, something that's not on the website, something that's not on the brochure or the spec. Tell me something I didn't know that made me go, what? Really? No, I didn't know that. Because as soon as I do that to a buyer, now they've lost confidence in their decision-making process, and now they're looking to you to help them make the final decision. Because apparently Paco knows more than I do. Right. And it brings that current, like the one forefront, what their worries were from purchasing it right in front, being able to give you the uh, the upper hand to help them. Well, also remember that that the survival brain is all about survival. It doesn't want to be at a disadvantage. And because you helped me, I guess, cover a disadvantage I had not seen, I'm more likely to trust you. Gotcha. You know, and it's just stuff like that, that I think that's where people are missing the sales. You know, and I think, by the way, if you're in the service industry, like you are, Paco, you know, you really have to quantify the sale, you know, because after a while, consultant looks like any other consultant, right? Right, exactly. But then you go, no, 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 we're, we're, let me tell you why and what we're going to do for you. But here's how it's going to save you money. Here's specifically things you haven't thought about yet, Mr. Customer. And I think that's what businesses want. 
Gotcha. So I guess what, you know, leading into, um, I, there's a lot of great information that you mentioned. Um, is there any, so now that I'm, cause I know that, um, I think we're going to probably retitle the episode here from being from cash flow to really understanding the buyer and just understanding the behavior right. on, on, you know, trying to control a business's uh, financial destiny. Um, is there any tools or systems or resources that you could probably suggest for them to kind of continue the conversation? Um, and then, you know, we'll kind of lead into some of the stuff that, you know, you're involved with now and uh, how people can get a hold of you too. Well, here, well, let's tie back into cash flow because, again, this is cash flow. If you're not closing deals, you're not going to have cash flow. And I think, right. you know, it, it's, there's a saying in corporate America revenues cover up all kinds of mistakes, right? Because you can make a lot of mistakes, but if you're bringing money in, you know, everything's cool, right? When we're hitting the number, everybody's graving. So right. when people always ask me about cash flow, I said, yeah, sell more, cut costs, right? And everybody can do the cut costs. That's the easy part. Right. The cash flow piece, the, the major component is the sales piece. And it's how do you sell more effectively? Uh, so they can go to my website, victorantonio.com. Uh, there's some resources there. Uh, you can go to my podcast, which is the uh, Sales Influence Podcast, which has a lot of stuff there. That's free. Uh, the stuff on my website are courses. Those are not free. But they're very effective. You know what I mean? If you got if you got a, a team of let's say two, three, four, maybe ten people, if not more, you know, buy the programs there and just share them with your team. Just buy them one time and just share them amongst your team. And some great resources uh, in there. There's something called effective sales presentation, and there's one called value centric selling. Those two are pretty much what we talked about today. Is how do you quantify the value, and then how do you present the value? And by the way, this is not one to a group. This could just be a one-on-one conversation. And how do you walk people through those conversations? And so, again, I think a lot of people are very good at their businesses. They figured out what they need to buy, what they need to sell, what their markup should be, what the profit margins, all that stuff is. But when a customer walks through the door or they have to go visit somebody, if it's a B2B situation, I think they're missing it, Paco, because they simply can't close the deal. The customer says, I'll think about it, right? We've all heard that, right? Mm -hmm. There's something called the Ebbinghaus curve, and it goes something like this. Within 24 hours, people will forget 75% of the information you've given them. Let that that just sit, hit bottom with you. Within 24 hours, people will forget 75% of what you just told them. So when somebody says, I'll think about it, and not really, they're not going to think about it. Within 30 days, they'll forget 90%. Mm -hmm. And the 10% they're able to recall, 50% of that is incorrect, which means at the end of a month, They've only retained 5% of the information that you've given them. Isn't that amazing? So when we talk about cash flow, we need to close more deals faster. Close more deals, right? Increase the close rate, but do it faster. Squeeze that time frame down. Instead of, but the customers will all say, well, let me think about it. Let me get back to you. Let me talk to my team. Uh, you know, there's other considerations. Not in the budget this quarter. All these excuses are not because they don't have the money or want to make a decision is because you failed to create that sense of urgency, qualify the value and get them to what commit to you there. And then solve that problem. And I think you'll solve your cash flow problem. That's my opinion. <laughs> right, right. No, gotcha. And you know, what's great because uh, as you mentioned, this, uh, you have your own podcast as well, the sales influence podcast. And um, I've been listening to those as well. And you go through a lot of things in very big detail in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. That you do, and you know, and I think your podcasts are probably no more than ten, ten to fifteen minutes. I try to keep ten uh, minutes. 
10 minutes. Yeah. And, and it's one of those where it's like those 10 minutes, I always find myself saying, where's my pen and paper, yeah. you know, because it's like you, you really dial down into the particular topics that you release upon. Um, and those who, um, you know, go to your YouTube channel, you have a lot of great resources on there as uh, well, YouTube but have over, I think over 800 videos. Yeah. yeah so, so I, yeah. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, and, and it ranges from everything, you know, it ranges from your speaking appearances, from, you know, your uh, time on just dedicating on being able to talk about particular topics. Right. And, you know, and, and the podcast is also on the YouTube channel I saw as well right. um, on audio format. So, no, um, you know, I greatly appreciate, you know, the information you provided today. Um, if they wanted to contact you, how what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Simple. VictorAntonio.com again. Yeah, I try to keep it simple for people. Just Victor Antonio will find you, will find me. You'll track me down. Uh, email, phone numbers are there. Uh, and again, the courses are there and then the stuff on YouTube. But all you got to do is type in victorantonio.com and you'll find me. Perfect, perfect. Well, Victor, I do appreciate your time uh, coming out into the show here. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that uh, blast from the past repeat episode. Uh, let's keep the conversation going. Even though this is an old episode, This is uh, that's from our previous podcast, and this is a new podcast. So head on over to the computerbusinessmarketing.com website and let us know what you think by leaving a comment under the show notes. Also, don't forget uh, to join us in the Facebook group. Just go to techsitebuilder.com slash group, and that will forward you to the Facebook group. That's the Computer Business Marketing Facebook group, where you can chat with other IT business owners, uh, and get tips and advice on how to improve your marketing. Uh, also, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, be sure to give us a shout out by leaving a review. We love to hear your feedback and every comment you leave does help the show so that we can get found by others on those platforms. Finally, don't forget to check out our sponsors, Tech Reputation and Tech Site Builder. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Computer Business Marketing Show. My name is Matthew Rodella saying, here's to your success.